What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Johnny Miller. So Merry Christmas. Hopefully everybody had a great holiday yesterday. Happy holidays to everybody listening. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, you guys know it's much and greatly appreciated. So one thing I want to talk about in this episode is Bowling Green's bowl game today versus Minnesota. It is a quick lane bowl today in Detroit, Michigan. Going to preview that game, but before doing so, I'm going to give a breakdown of my favorite Christmas songs, my favorite Christmas movies, and also just my favorite things of the Christmas season. I think I did something very similar last year on my radio show at BC, but I want to just do an updated version of it now. So we'll start off with my favorite five parts of the Christmas season. And I saw something very similar on ESPN over the past couple weeks. Thought it was just a fun superlative just to have on the side. Just an interesting list. and everybody's list is going to be different. But my favorite part of the Christmas season, I'm going to go Christmas movies at number one. Always something I look forward to every single year is watching Home Alone and Elf and Bad Santa and some other Christmas movies as well, which I'll get into the rest. I'll give a breakdown of my Christmas movie power rankings in a second. At number two, we have Christmas lights. Always great to drive around and see Christmas lights everywhere. At three, I have Christmas music, which right after Thanksgiving's over, I'm listening to Christmas music and honestly, even year round. Sometimes I'll hit shuffle on a playlist in June and you'll hear Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid. And I'm not going to complain. That's a great song. So even if it's in June, I'm still going to be listening. At number four, I have wreaths and Christmas trees at number four here on the list. Just the joyful aura of the Christmas season is the best. And I feel like wreaths and trees are a big reason for that. And at number five, we have hot chocolate and sugar cookies. Something I was a big fan of growing up. Watching Christmas movies, having hot chocolate and some sugar cookies. And I'm a big candy fan as well, which is obviously a big part of the holiday season. So now I'm going to move on to talk about my favorite 12 Christmas songs. And it's really tough to name them. There's just so many, it's really tough to rank them. So even though I kind of tried to rank them 1 through 12, it's not really easy to rank them. Uh, But number one, we have Cold December Night by Michael Buble. Very under-the-radar song, something that's not really talked about much, but I think it's Michael Buble's best Christmas song, and it's a song that he actually wrote. At number two, we have My Girlfriend Forgot Me This Christmas Day by The Click Five. A great song I've been a fan of for a long time now. At number three, we have Last Christmas by Wham!, Obviously a classic. And then number four, we have another classic, Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid. At number five, Step Into Christmas by Elton John. At number six, we have Happy Holiday slash The Holiday Season by Andy Williams. At number seven, I have Marshmallow World by Dean Martin. At number eight, I have Mistletoe and Holly by Frank Sinatra. Obviously a legend there. At number nine, we have Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays by NSYNC. Still a song that I still love listening to to this day, even though it's obviously been out for a long time now. At number 10, we have Santa Tell Me by Ariana Grande. At number 11, we have The Christmas Song by Nat King Cole. Obviously another classic. And then at number 12, Mary's Boy Child by Boney M. Which, as I said, it's really tough to rank these songs. I feel like all 12 of them I love hearing every single year. And it's obviously tough to even rank 12 since there's so many I'm probably missing right now. And I know everybody's list would be different than mine. That's what's great about making these lists. Some things are going to be similar. Some things are going to be different. And I'm sure that's going to be the same here for my Christmas movie power rankings, which at number one, I have Elf. At number two, we have the original Home Alone. At number three, I have Home Alone 2 Lost New York, a classic just like Home Alone. I have it right there. I'd say it's neck and neck with the original Home Alone. At number four, we have Bad Santa, a great comedy. And then at number five, we have How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the original, which honestly, I was going to have the Polar Express as my number five, but I went with the Grinch. Something I watched a lot growing up, just like the Polar Express, but I feel like the Grinch gets the edge there over the Polar Express. So there's a breakdown of my favorite Christmas movies, my favorite parts of the Christmas season, and my favorite Christmas songs as well. I know everybody's list would be different than mine, but that's obviously just a fun thing to do that I did on the radio show last year, comparing everyone's favorite Halloween candy to favorite Christmas song 
to favorite Christmas movie. That was just a fun thing to do in the podcast last year. So just want to continue it this year as well. Maybe next year I'll compare what I have right now to what I have next year. Maybe the list will change by then. Anyways, now I'm going to preview the Bowling Green Minnesota game, the Quick Lane Bowl today in Detroit, Michigan. Minnesota's lost four games in a row. Bowling Green's actually won five of the last six games. So one team's very hot coming in, one team's obviously cold. Despite winning only five games, though, I was just reading on Sports Illustrated, Minnesota becomes bowl eligible because they had the highest academic progress rate among all five win teams in all college football this year. They were 5-7, and seven, the only 5-7 and seven team to make a bowl game this season. But because of their academic progress rate, they end up getting in, even though they end up being a team under six wins. So that's obviously an interesting thing there to see they make it in with only five wins. As for Bowling Green, they are 7-5 and five on the season, winning five of the last six games. Despite starting the year just 1-3, and three, they turned things around, and now we're 7-5 and five heading into today's game. They actually played Minnesota a couple years ago at Minnesota. They were 31-point underdogs in that game in September, I believe, in 2021. And they ended up finding a way to get a big upset win over the Gophers in that game, winning 14-10 over them in that one. So obviously, even though they are a smaller school, Bowling Green, a team in the MAC, the Mid-American Conference, a MAC conference that have fallen out for a long time, probably I'd say seven or eight years now, Bowling Green always plays up to their competition, it seems like. So when they're playing a big school, a big Power 5 school, they don't really get too afraid. And we obviously saw that this year playing Georgia Tech. They absolutely dominated that game this year versus the Yellow Jackets. So we'll see what they do today against Minnesota. As I said, they've won five of the last six games, finished the year 6-2 and two in the last eight games, which is obviously very impressive after a 1-3 start. We'll see what happens in this one. Two Minnesota quarterbacks on the transfer portal, leaving them with just one scholarship quarterback on the roster, and his name is Cole Kramer, only thrown 14 career passes in his career. He's in his fifth season with the program at Minnesota, but he's only thrown 14 career passes. Just 14 career passes, and this is a Minnesota offense that has struggled to move the ball all season, but they have been very good running the ball. Their running back is Darius Taylor, a true freshman running back. With over 138 rushing yards in three of the last four games, he's only a freshman, but has been a major threat on the ground for them this season. In five games, 591 rushing yards, averaging 5.7 yards per carry, four rushing touchdowns, and nine catches for 81 yards. He has been great for them this season. Bowen Green's run defense has to be better today. That's something that they've really struggled with this season. They're 108th in run defense per play this year, according to Sports Illustrated. And they're also bottom five in defensive stuff rate in the FBS. So look for Minnesota to run the ball a lot today with Darius Taylor, a very talented and explosive back. He's an absolute beast, a guy that Bowen Green definitely has to hold to under, I'd say, around 120, 130 yards if they want to win this game. One thing that's been a problem for Darius Taylor this season is injuries, but he's been great overall when he's been on the field. As for Bowling Green, their quarterback is Connor Basilak, who has 11 touchdowns and 7 interceptions on the season. He's not a real threat in the run game, though. They also do use a second quarterback, and that's Camden Orth. Scott Leffler, the head coach for Bowling Green, former offensive coordinator for Boston College, likes running an offense with two quarterbacks. He likes getting both quarterbacks involved on different drives, so I'm sure Camden Orth will get in at some point today. But Connor Bazelak is the starting quarterback for Bowling Green. Their running back is Terrion Stewart, who has been an absolute stud for them this season. 762 rushing yards on the year with 7.1 yards per carry and 8 rushing touchdowns. Doesn't do much in the pass game, though. Gets out of tackles well, though, in the run game. He's been a big playmaker for them this season. And one guy to watch out for in this Bowling Green offense, and he's actually my favorite player on the team, is Odu Hilaire. And he goes by O.J. Hilaire as well. 35 catches for 380 yards and three touchdowns in the season. An absolutely electrifying wide receiver for Bowen Green. He has battled injuries this season, but the big playability is there. A home run talent for this Falcons offense. 
a guy who I think is going to be a great gem in the NFL draft, no matter where he ends up. He's an under-the-radar stud. As a similar play style to Tyreek Hill, can go deep, can make plays over the middle on a slant rope, but can also have a fly pattern for a 70-yard touchdown. I think he has a big day today. I think he goes off for seven catches for 145 yards and a touchdown. Minnesota's top defensive back is Tyler Newbin, who actually declared for the NFL draft, so he won't be playing in today's game, but did have five interceptions on the season. A very talented player, so obviously now, with Odu Hilaire being that electrifying wide receiver for Bowling Green, he's not going to have the top cornerback for Minnesota against him, so I think he has a big day, seven catches for 145 yards and a touchdown. He's a guy that I've been a big fan of all season long. I mentioned it on the podcast, definitely earlier this season, and maybe even last year on the radio show, he's got to keep your eye on in today's game. Bowling Green does not have their top defensive back either. That's Jalen Husky, who had four interceptions on the season. He actually just transferred to Maryland, so that's obviously a big loss for the Bowling Green secondary. They do still have Cassius Howell, who is their best defensive player overall. Nine and a half sacks on the season, also a forced fumble. He could definitely disrupt the game today. 27 takeaways overall this season for the Falcons defense, which was actually number one in the FBS. So they've been great at getting takeaways. I think Bowling Green's going to win this game. I think it's going to be very close. I think they win this game 24-23 on a game-winning field goal. Just knowing this Bowling Green team now, 7-5 on the season, 5-6 of six games they've won over the last six heading into this one. And they're not afraid of playing against a big team. They beat Minnesota a couple years ago. They beat Georgia Tech this season as well. I think they find a way to win today's game 24-23. We'll see what happens. I am rooting for them to get a win. But obviously both sides do have a lot of opt-outs. You look at Minnesota, they lost two of their top quarterbacks in the transfer portal. So they have Cole Kramer starting for them, who's only thrown 14 career passes heading into today's game, getting his first career start. You never know who's playing in these games with a lot of guys transferring and opting out for the draft. So anything could happen in any of these games. Anything could happen in any given game any day, but especially in the bowl games with guys opting out. Nobody knows who's going to show up and who's going to play. But it should be a fun one to watch. We'll see what happens. Anyways, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. I hope you guys have a good one, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you.